another beautiful, wonderful, glorious morning, friends. Welcome to the Potter's Gate online broadcast. It's another wonderful, glorious day heaven has ushered into our lives and into our space. Let us rejoice and be glad. Let's be grateful this morning for the fact that you are alive, that I am alive, that we can see the light of another beautiful day. Let's celebrate the goodness of God. Father, we thank you this morning. Our heart rejoices in you. We thank you for all your mercy and goodness, for all that you have done for us. Thank you, Lord, this morning that we are alive, but just not being alive, but we are alive in you. And that's the most beautiful thing. That's the most glorious thing. That's the most wonderful thing we can ever think or imagine that we are awakened in you, that we are alive in you. Yes, that our joy is to be awakened in your likeness. We thank you once again this morning, Father. Oh, Father, we come before you this morning. We want to feast, oh God, at the table that you have prepared. We want our heart once again to swell at the speakers of your heart and mind. Speak to us because it's from that point that we have, yes, hope that our faith, oh God, is awakened and rekindled. Speak to us, oh God, this morning once again so that our life can continually move in the direction of your intentions and counsels for our life. Speak to us, oh God, so that the insanity out there, oh God, will be far from us, that we will live a life of order. You say where there is no vision, the people live insane, the people cast off restraint, a life of disorder becomes their portion. But Lord, this morning, because we are people of your word, therefore we have vision. It's your word that grants us vision. We're able to see because you've spoken to us, because you've revealed your heart to us. Once again, we have come this morning. We ask you, Lord, Father, to bring us to the point and place where we are quieting, O oh God, where every distraction is laid aside, where every distraction, oh God, are pushed aside, where we can be focused, oh God, to hear. We thank you once again. We bless your name. Oh, Father, we pray that Christ will be revealed to us that the ministry of the word, oh God, will be exposed to us, that we will grow in the knowledge of truth, in the knowledge of Christ. Yes, Father, that as we press into the, the reality and the values that we find in Christ, that we'll become even more mature, yes, growing in all things, oh Father, even until we come to the place of fullness. Thank you once again this morning that as Christ is formed in us, oh God, we will, through your grace and goodness, and wisdom and mercy yes lord reveal your glory you say the knowledge of your glory will cover the earth as the water covers the sea thank you this morning that as we avail ourselves before the ministry of your word that this vision that you have will become yes a manifest reality we thank him we bless you this morning we exalt you we exalt your word above our daily food we exalt you we exalt your word above the very life we breathe, the very air we breathe. We exalt you above the clothing, oh God, that we wear, above the food we eat. We exalt you above any other. Thank you, Jesus, this morning that our vision is being calibrated as we sit at the table of your word. We ask once again, may your kingdom be manifest in this light, in this presence, to the glory of your name. Amen and amen. Once again, welcome if you're joining me this morning. It's an, honor, it's an honor once again to share this platform with you, to help you and I, amen, continue to keep our focus and our, if you will, 
our sense of direction amen in line with what the spirit of god is saying to us god is speaking to us i hope you know maybe you have forgotten let me remind you again that this platform is a prophetic platform and everything you are hearing you are seeing amen on this platform is prophetic by design remember that the prophetic is the spirit of christ Everything that Christ, amen, represents and he's saying to us, amen, as we seek to obey and to carry, you know, those things out at the very manifestation, amen, of the prophetic. And within the, within the order of this, you know, prophetic life, amen, we, we seek to manifest the will of God in the earth. Our desire is to see that the kingdom of God continue to come and his will be done on earth. Our desire is to make sure, amen, that through our life, the mountain, amen, of the house of God that is built upon the hilltop, upon the mountaintop, become a site of attraction, amen, to attract people into that order. That is what we are doing. I always like us to have context, amen, to, uh, to our engagement, to our ministry, amen, to our service, whatever we do, it's important that we know why we're doing what we're doing. Amen. We're not doing this for ourselves. We're not trying to build a ministry for ourselves. We're not trying to exalt ourselves. We're not trying to elevate some gift. No, we want Christ, hallelujah, to be seen and to be glorified. And whichever way that he has ordained and desired, amen, to glorify himself, that is what, amen, we align with. So once again, you are welcome. We've been looking at the concept, amen, of what we, what we tag, amen, kingdom bible perspective amen kingdom bible perspective okay we, we, we're studying we're studying the word of god we want to go back to the word of god i know a lot of people preach and it's and it's easy to take a strand of truth it's so easy amen to take a stroke of a word it's so easy to take a statement out of out of the scripture you know and, and build a castle on that i mean men of god are good in doing that we're all good in doing that yes we can extrapolate the word of god we can we can so drag one word amen until we lose the very essence or the meaning of the word we do all of that people have built all kinds of doctrines and theology around you know statements in the bible and they'll tell you but it's in the bible but it's in the bible but we know that that is a lie they only use a word amen to basically try to buttress of or, or you know fortress their idea which does not really emanate from god amen so when we talk about amen a, 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 a bible study we're talking about really allowing the word of god amen to explain itself we, we're talking about really seeking to know amen the mind of god that is not just taking one strand of truth amen one strand of truth and running with it while the agenda is actually to build something for ourselves while the agenda amen is to promote something that is contrary to the values of god to the will of god so when we talk about bible study we're talking about understanding the counsel of god the entire counsel of god we're talking about amen the, the, the principle of building a house amen using the right material from the very foundation in fact from the very ground amen till the to the building of the foundation amen and of course to the idea of building the framework the the pillars that holds the house together wisdom speaks amen this the scripture says that uh, wisdom builds its house amen the word of god as we have read yesterday and we're still going to continue today amen uh, is a tool the bible says god's word is is a breath god's word is a breath god's word is inspired amen god breathed on men certain men inspired by the spirit god breathed on them remember that the, the, the breathing of God's word, amen, were inspired by 
Amen. The dealings of God in the life of these people because we can relate the word of God to history. When you when you look back to history, you can see references. You can see where God engaged with men. You can see how God interacted with people. And all of those engagements and interaction, they model for us a pattern, a pattern, a pattern, a pattern of existence. All right. Like I was saying a few days ago, I said, you know, uh, 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 when God was speaking to me about the concept of mathematics, that mathematics is a pattern. I mean, it's like, it's like you can, you can almost predict the movement of God when you understand, amen, the ways of God. When you understand the will of God, you understand the mind of God. You can almost predict what he's going to do next. Why? Because you've studied the pattern. Everything you see around me, like I've showed you before, everything around me, amen, is, is designed by, you know, mathematics is a pattern. When you understand that pattern, they said to Moses, build according to the word, to the pattern showed you. The word of God gives to us God's pattern. Hallelujah. The word of God reveals to us God's pattern. Everything about life is designed by pattern. All right? There's a pattern of the spirit. There's a pattern of the soul. It's that pattern of the soul that we are, we are seeking to yank ourselves away from as we turn. He said, turn to me and be saved. As we turn to him, that's what we're trying to do through, amen, this period of studying. We want to turn. We want our attention once again to be turned. When Moses, amen, in the wilderness, you know, doing what he believed he needs to do to survive, amen, when he saw something that, you know, that, 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 that supersede, amen, his, his brain, his mindset, he had to turn. So what we believe God, amen, in this spirit is to be able to turn so we can see some glorious beauty, amen, amen, hidden. There are gems, talking about gems. I remember I did a, 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 a concept some time ago. I never preached. I never thought about it, talk about it. But now talking about gems, I think I might just have to, you know, look for that concept that I designed some time back. All right. The word of God is filled with treasure, filled with gems, amen. Filled with things you will never be able to comprehend. That's why somebody like David, who who had understanding, who had wisdom, devoted, amen, an entire, you know, a, a chapter. In fact, beyond a chapter, amen, Psalm 119. When you read Psalm 119, that is that psalm is entirely dedicated to what? Uh, to the ministry of the word. How can a young man preserve his way? But by keeping the word in his heart, David says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. So we know that we have an antidote, amen, to sin. It's not just to know the word of God, to, but to abide, to keep that word, amen, living and alive in our heart. In other words, you've got to have this, you know, desire, this constant passion, this constant moving towards the word of God. How do you know that you're backsliding? When your heart is no longer, amen, seeking the word. When, you're, when, when, when the word of God is no longer your first option, that is one easy way to know that you're backsliding, all right? Well, every other person's opinion and, 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 and desire is okay, but uh, you have not sought God's mind. You have not sought God's way. Uh, you want to do something and uh, you bring in your brain and your mind. Hey, you, know, you start to brainstorm like they would say, you know, <laughs> but you have not consulted God. What would you have me do here? What is your word saying about this situation? How would you have me respond? When you are no longer doing that, you are in a state of backsliding, my friend, my brother. Are you getting what I'm saying? At least that is how I track my own spiritual life. So it's not enough to do it once a while. It has to become, amen, what, what consume you until you are consummated, amen, until the word becomes 
flesh. I hope you understand. This is big stuff, friends. This is not just some, you know, wayside, you know, teaching. No, no, no. We don't do that here. Amen. Everything we seek to bring across to you, amen, is is tagged with the divine objective. There has to be an awakening, a, a, a yearning, a longing, a returning back to the place of God's word. That is not some stoic philosophy. That's not some, well, I'm just laying back. I'm studying. No, that is ministry. They say we will give ourselves, amen, to prayer and to the ministry. Your entire life, hallelujah, comes out of the place of God's word. What you're going to do today, how you're going to succeed in whatever you have planned to do, amen, will be defined and be determined by your level of God's word. Because then that becomes the tool that you use, amen, in dealing with the issues of life. When you talk about somebody like Paul, the reason why, amen, he was he was so effective, he was so efficient, he was so, amen, uh, 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 progressive in the advancement of the things of God is because, amen, the word dwells. He lived, in fact, one quarter of the scripture were written, amen, by this man. Why? Because he had an encounter with God. This is not some religious idea. This is not some, well, hallelujah, praise God. I know what Genesis says. I know what John 1 says. No. You have to have, amen, an encounter. They must open the door, amen, and invite you in as you read. Reading is good, but while reading, they, they, they must open your eyes of understanding. You must have an entrance. They must invite you in. When you come in, they begin to show you things. They begin to reveal things to you. They take you deep. The deep will call to the deep like the noise of many waters. There has to be a quest, a longing, a passion, a desire desire in your heart beyond anything that you want this word more than life or else you're going to fall or else the the, the, the the spirit of the age is going to hallelujah capture you and you find yourself back in the world it's not enough to say well I read the Bible there has to be a pursuant as the deer pants for the water my soul when your soul start panting for the word of God, hallelujah, then you, you, you know that you are truly awakened. I said, when your soul start panting, my soul pants for you. Are you getting what we're talking about, friends? So, I'm inviting you, amen, once again, to look again, to have a fresh look into this word. It's written, but it's not a written word. It is spoken this word must must go beyond what is written down amen to become an epistle written uh, amen upon the tablets of your heart and mind come on this word must be what amen propels you when you wake up amen must be what leads you as you go through the day amen as you go through the challenges of the day the word must be what is regulating your character your attitude your motives amen your agenda it has to be the word of god amen guiding and directing you your word is a is a lamp unto my feet a light unto my path i just get excited because, I mean, I was literally not nothing. I was nobody. Literally. I can tell you that. I was a, I was a wreck, a failure. <laughs> Until I met the Lord. Oh, the Lord met me. 
in his mercy. I mean, I was nothing, totally nothing. And I began to interact with God. I said, God, if only you can help me to know your word. If only nothing matters to me, not family, not friends, not money, nothing. Basically, because I'd fail in every other area of life. I had no even family to run to. And I sat. For hours, I will sit with the word of God for hours. And I'm, tr I'm trying to understand. And after a while, it's like scale begin to fall off my eyes. I'm sharing my own testimony. So I'm not preaching this out of, well, what, what, do I, what are we supposed to be preaching? What are we supposed to be teaching? No, no. This is something that I know has worked for me. And after a while, after a while, it's going to take a while. Just like in any relationship, amen. You don't fall in love today and tomorrow you marry the person. That would be a disaster. We made so many people have made such mistakes. It's a, it's a disaster. There has to be amen, a proven, if in fact, this is who you want to marry. If in fact, you want a journey amen, on this road. If in fact, you want this word or you just want to gain some benefit. Like they will say some gold digger. <laughs> the women will say the guy is a gold digger. Or maybe it's the other way around. You understand? Uh, you know, because you know, we all have all kinds of agendas that we want. Because we, you know, we connect to certain people, you know. Uh, but when you are connected because... You really want to connect it. You really want to connect. You're connected because you want to be there for a long run. Amen. It's not, it's, it's for, it's for better or for worse. You're connected for better or for worse. You're not connected because, oh, there's something you saw that you like. And if I can just get close, maybe I can get that thing. No, you're not connecting for some benefit. The word of God is not there to benefit you. The word of God is there to transform you back into your original image where all the benefits you will ever need. Are is in stock. Oh God. If I can just help you to see and to understand. You don't read the word of God because you want to be called into ministry. Before the foundation of the world, God already called you. Amen. And designed you for his purpose. But if you don't have a desire, if you don't have a longing, if you don't have a longing for God, you see, nobody comes to God's word Without a, without a desire for God. Did he ever just said Nobody comes to the table of God's word. Without. A passionate desire for, for God. For Christ. For the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You see. It is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It is your hunger for God. For Christ. For truth. That pushes you to the table. If you're not hungry, no matter how long, how beautiful, how wonderful, how nice the food prepared on the table is, if you're not hungry, you're not attracted to the food. You see, it is hunger that drives us to the table. Hallelujah. It is hunger that drives us to the table of God's word. And this hunger must be motivated by something. It cannot be selfish. It cannot be self-centered. It cannot be self-driven. It has to be self-transforming. 
It has to be self-reforming. It has to be self-restoring. Hallelujah. Yeah, I think that's a very good way to start this morning. There's several things we want to talk about this, this morning. I hope we'll be able to reach, you know, those things. Because um, your future and mine will be determined by the quality and the level of our word life, of our understanding of God's word and why the word of God must become the guide to our life. Understand? Let me quickly show you this again. Alright? Your word is a lamp unto my feet. A light unto my path. I want you to note that word. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Where is the feet? What is the purpose of the feet? What do you do with your feet? Come on. Good question. Your feet, hallelujah, carries your entire body. So basically your feet represent what? The foundation of your life. We're talking about guided by his word. I thought it's just an excellent thing, amen, to, to highlight this point. Your feet is where you stand. If you don't have a feet to stand on, you're crippled. You become a liability. Doesn't that sound, amen, as a reflection of what we see today in the body of Christ? Because the word of God is not the lamp unto the feet of many. Many are crippled. Many are being brought down. Many are had, had to depend on others to carry them. The prophet must carry them. The apostle must carry them. The pastors must carry them. If the pastor does not call them for two days, they get angry with the pastor. If the pastor does not come and pray for them, <laughs> it's a problem. They are a total wreck when it comes to the issues of dependence. They are a liability. Come on, I'm not going to hold back. I'm I, because I really want you to know what we are, you know, what we what we are entering and what is ahead of us. The days ahead of us will be filled with darkness. Darkness covers the earth. Gross darkness. The people. But rejoice. They say the word of God is a lamp. What, what, what's a lamp? A lamp, hallelujah, gives you light. Hallelujah. A lamp has no two ministry. The purpose of the lamb, the purpose of the shape, the purpose, amen, of the oil, the purpose of the wick, the purpose of everything that that lamp represents is to do one thing. Give you light. Your word, amen, <laughs> is a lamp unto my feet. What is the feet? The feet is your position of standing. 
the feet carries no matter how how you know fat a person is if the feet is there amen the person will be carried no matter how weighty you are your feet will carry you because the feet is part of the structure of the body I'm, I'm bringing something. I'm trying to use something very practical you know, to, 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 to drive this message home. You have to, during and after this message, you have to make certain decisions for yourself. At the long run, your husband is not going to help you. Your wife is not going to help you. It's not going to be, amen, the success of your children. It's not going to be because, amen, your mother knows somebody somewhere. Your father knows somebody somewhere. It's not going to be because you're connected to somebody, you know, in the parliament or some very God knows who rich person, you know, influential person in society. Hey, if the word of God is not the lamp to your feet, these people may lead you to a place you don't want to go. It tells you that the days ahead is dark. It tells you, amen, that the word, amen, yeah, the ministry of the word is to give you what? Direction. is to lead you. Those people you think you're going to depend on, you think have the solution, all they need is just one incident in their life and their entire world comes down, crumbles down. I've seen it. They're calling us to the point and place where, amen, we depend solely on the light, on the illuminating light that comes from the Lamb. And you know one thing about the Lamb is that it doesn't give light, amen, to the entire realm, to the entire sphere. No, it only gives light <laughs> on the path that you're walking <laughs> So the word has to be what? Personalized. It has to be personalized. This is amazing. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. You put the word by your feet. And is a what? A light unto my path. It's the same thing said in two different ways. God speaks to us like that. They use two different scenarios, two different, you know, metaphors or two different, you know, material to pass the same message. In case you don't get the first one, let's say it again in this other form so you can understand. As a way, the, you know, the scripture communicates, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light. You see, it's a comma, a light unto my path. Path means you're going somewhere, isn't it? I know yesterday I said we're going to, Yes, do those things that we talked about. Yeah, we're going to do them. I hope we have enough time. But this is just fresh. The Lord dropped in my spirit. I thought I should just release it. Because it's important that you know why you engage the word of God. So that you don't you don't study the Bible. You don't read the word of God. You don't, you know, engage the word of God out of obligation. You know how we do certain things because, well, I just have to do it. Well, I don't have a choice, but let me just do it. If that's the attitude you have, sorry, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. You know that if you're raising a child, you can't have a regretful attitude. You can't have, you know, a resentful attitude. You can't have, a, you know, a, a, you know, a, a wrong, at bad character in raising a child. You're raising a child, but you're forever, you know, uh, uh, frowning. You're forever complaining. You're forever swearing. Uh, you, you, you've destroyed the life of that child. Even though you clean the poopoo, 
even though you bathe the child, but the things you're saying, your attitude, alright, is just completely wrong. And the same principle I will apply to the word of God. You cannot apply the word, you know, you know, apply this attitude to the word of God. Well, I just have to do it. Well, I just must do it so that, you know, well, I just must appease my soul. No, you've got to love it. You've got to love that child as you're beating that child, amen. As you're cleaning that poo you're smiling, you, you, you're rejoicing. The child smiles back at you. I've raised three children, so I know what I'm talking about. I know the difference. The Lord spoke to me and said, Hey, Isaiah, you cannot be angry in this situation. These are your children. You've got to have the right attitude. Because it's the attitude that shapes and forms the child. That is what the child picks. If you come to a child with the wrong attitude, the child can pick it. The same thing if you come to the table of the word of God with the wrong attitude. They will block you <laughs> from accessing the heart of the word. All you will know is what? The letter. And you know what they say about the letter? They said the letter kills. Jesus said the word that I speak to you, they are what? They are spirit and they are life. Excuse me, how do you define spirit and life? So you see, that tells you that there has to be something beyond just reading it. There has to be something beyond just where I cram the word. You can cram it. I know pastor back in the days, oh, they can, they can you know, just quote scriptures like that and I'm like, you know, sometimes you are envy of these people. They just quote scripture. I'm like, God, I wish I can. No, 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 no. Sorry, that's not what we're talking about. If you can, if you can, you know, quote scripture, you know, directly from your head, that's good. But that is not what, hallelujah, releases the life. Your heart must connect to the scripture. Some people are good with cramming. I'm not good with cramming. In fact, <laughs> I had a problem with remembering things. <laughs> That was a big issue because I, I mean, I, I, I suffer dyslexia. So you know what that means? I easily forget until I began to engage the word of God before, before my mind, you understand, you know, start awakening. I start remembering things and I start learning. I start understanding before I couldn't just, I told you my life was a wreck. People admire me today and say, wow, this guy is a writer. This guy, you know, we like the way you write. You know, you have a... Oh, I've told you guys, if you don't know, let me remind you. I was suffering dyslexia. It means that I couldn't write. Sometimes I couldn't even read. It was a chronic one, chronic dyslexia. You see, that's me. I will tell you who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed to, to... There's nothing to be ashamed of. But I'm telling you that when I began to engage God's word, I began to focus completely on the things of God. Not because I just want to be healed. Not because I just want some, you know, a, you know, a, a, a breakthrough, a way out. You know, I realized that there's a well, there's a treasure. That in fact, God used all my problems, the dyslexia and all the things that are to, sh to hide his, his grace, his gift in me. So I can really want it and long for it. And that is the same thing. Listen to this. Listen to me. Listen to me. 
Some of the things that you think are distractions to you, some of the things that you think are problem to you, amen, from, you know, doing what you need to do in terms of God's word, amen, are part of God's God's way of hiding his treasure on the inside of you. You have to want to break the barriers of those distractions of those people around you and give yourself to the ministry of the word. I told you guys when I was in Bible school, (laughs) when everybody goes to bed and is light out, I would take, you know, my touch light, you know, literally take a touch light my Bible and uh, a bowl of water. I just put my leg in it. You know why? So that I don't fall asleep. I just put my feet in the bowl. And that's how I study. And I became one of the best students. Not to say that, you know, I want to blow my own horn, but I'm just telling, I'm just telling you that they reward you going beyond beyond the call of duty if you go the extra mile let me ask you remember some time ago i said to to us i said why don't you you know invest in buying a bible at cover bible i i know you've got all kinds of translation in your devices yes we all do that we all have it but i'm saying for for, for you to tell yourself that i'm really interested in this thing Get a new Bible. Start reading that Bible from, if you you want to start from Genesis or you want to start from John, but start engaging. You know, it's like you look at God and his word and you fall in love. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, you know, parents, you know, husband and wife who've been married for 40 years and they say, let's renew our vows. You can only renew your vow where you know you love that person. If you if you don't love that person, you, you you're still praying, God deliver me from this person. You understand? But if you really truly you want to renew the vow, in other words, let's start afresh. I know we've gone far, we've done 40, 50 years, but come, let's start like we just got married yesterday again. Get a new Bible. It's an attitude thing that I'm talking about. Because that is what is going to save us in these days of a woke society where all kinds of things, amen, are used today to, to, to bombard us in order, in order for us to be what? Distracted. All of these things that, that are around us are mechanisms to distract us away. We're so involved with so many things, you know, like matter, matter, amen. Matter knew Jesus. Matter, amen, was a friend of Jesus. But matter was, you know, was overcome by all kinds of distractions. Jesus was in the house, but matter, you know, was so involved in the things that are not really important. That's me. Maybe that's you. Let's put it that way. You know how we can be so involved with, you know, Sometimes, like I always say, we can be so involved with issues of ministry that we forget the ministry. (laughs) We're so involved. How to make this feel right? How to make this look nice? All of it is to be able to show something to people. But excuse me, what about how he feels? They have to rebuke matter. Matter, matter. Why are you so overcome by all of these things? Who are you trying to impress? That's a lesson I got. 
We're trying to impress. Imagine me not understanding what I'm talking about and I'm just on air. And every single minute I'm saying hallelujah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, amen. Glory to Jesus. You have nothing to offer. Shut down, amen. You know, the computer and whatever, amen. And give yourself to the ministry of the word. Hallelujah. That's something that I thought the Lord wanted us to highlight. Now, yesterday, yesterday we we dealt with the scripture, all right? We dealt with the scripture, 2 Timothy 3, uh, 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 16. I hope we're still fire up. You're good with what we're talking about. I hope you're learning something, all right? Because that's that's my desire. That's my heart, all right? I want your life to become a, a citadel of God's word. I want your life to become, you know, the extension of God's counsel. Because where God's word is, God's counsel and wisdom is found. Amen. Where God, where God's word dwells, Amen. The mind of God is known. Where God, God's word, Amen, is allowed, effective lifestyle becomes the byproduct. Hallelujah. Where God's word dwells, anger will become a thing of the past. Hatred, unforgiveness will become issues of the past. Yes, even. Poverty, I dare to say, will become an issue of the past. I mean, I had nothing. Nothing. And I've seen God use his word to build me. To become builders of men. Today we are builders of nations. From the beginning. And I'm going to be talking about that this morning. But I quickly want to finish this. 2 Timothy 3.16 All scriptures is God's God's breath meaning inspired by the spirit when we say God's God's word is God's breath it means that God breathed on it just like God breathed on man in the beginning when he formed you know Adam from you know from the doors what did God do he breathed his roach his, his spirit into him and he became a living being that's what happens that's what that's what I've been trying to share, amen, since we began. That amen, God's word, hallelujah, you know, is God's breath. And when you start engaging with that word with the right attitude, what God does again is he breathes on that word until that word comes alive. And when a word comes alive in you, my word, there's nothing, there's no power, there's no system, there's no government, there's no entity, there's no principality that can stop you. You are unstoppable because, amen, that word has come alive. Remember, Jesus lives in you, but Jesus lives in you in dimensions. <laughs> the degree to which Jesus lives, amen, in brother A, amen, is totally different from how he lives in brother B. We know in part and therefore we prophesy in part. Some Jesus is in them in the measure of 34, some is 64, some, amen, they're going to 80 and beyond. Come on. It is their attitude and their continual pursuance. David said, I will chase after you as the deer pants after the water. My soul longs and pants after you. I want more of you. I want you. Job says, I want your word more than my daily food. More than my daily food. You know, when I was in Bible school, I came up with a discipline, self-discipline. I said, 
I'm not going to go to the dormitory to eat until I have read the word of God. I've, at least I've read something. doesn't have to be a chapter, but I must read something. You know what I said? I must feed my spirit before I feed my soul. You see, that those are the things. I, I'm just remembering those things that I, I used to do. You know, it was crazy, but it helped me. I'm not going to eat, you know, food that will feed my body until I've eaten something that will feed my spirit. And I did that for, you know, many months. I'm, I can't remember for how long, but I did that. I could remember sometimes, you know, I've read the word and reading the word leads me into prayer. And by the time I finish, you understand, it's 12 midnight. The food is already cold. And I don't like to eat cold food. And of course, back then, there is no microwave. <laughs> you want to eat the food hot as it's coming from the kitchen. So I'm forced to eat the, you know, the cold food or I get rid of it. But I'm satisfied that my spirit is fed. Friends, we live in a, we live in a world, in a society, where the value placed on God's word, even within amen, the community of people that we think have deep understanding of the things of God has dropped drastically. And it's for this reason that we see the kind of mess, the kind of dysfunctionalities that we're seeing in, in society. Right? We're raising children who really don't care. They don't care about life, about themselves, about, you know, their future. They have, they just don't care. Why? Because the environment is not attracting them to something that is of value in terms of God's word. You have to create all of that. <laughs> it's a lifetime project. And that's why, okay, let's not go there. But all scripture is God's breath and it is useful. We, 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 we're looking at that. It is, it is useful, useful for instruction, for conviction, for correction and for training four things we can see that the word of god does for us it brings instruction it brings conviction it brings correction and it trains us and this training amen is all encompassing it cuts across all spectrum you want to be the greatest scientist and you have no base you have no foundation of god's word you're gonna end up amen an atheist you want to be a, a man, a state man. You want to be a man, somebody who will serve society, who will help a man, a, your community and all of that. And you don't have a foundation, a base to the word of God. You're going to goof. You're going to be overcome by compromise. You're going to give in, amen, to the, to, the, to the voice of the people or you're giving, or uh, yes, to the influence of those powerful, those few powerful people. Because the word of God speaks to us regarding every aspect of human existence. There's no area, amen, about life that you don't find a relevance in the word of God. Because all things, after all, all things were created by God. Alright. So we did we dealt with that yesterday. Today I want to quickly look at the scripture and then uh, uh, let's see how far we can go. In the beginning was the word. I like this one. And the word was with God. John 1, 1. In the beginning. Now the word beginning. I was looking at that word. And I think it's important that we look at that word. The word you know, beginning comes from the word 
or account. Some people, some, some would, you know, uh, you know, pronounce it, you know, a K. Some would pronounce it Aka. You understand? Yes. It's a Greek word. And that word speaks to the originality, the, the foundation. You understand? The, the order of, of things, the first order of things, the, 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 the order of time, space, and rank. All right, this word speaks to you understand what what is the first everything has a beginning everything 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 around you around me right now all of the things you see here at the beginning so when they say in the beginning they're speaking all right to the first moment that brought creation into existence It speaks, amen, of estates, magistrate, power, principality, rule, ruler. In other words, it speaks of ranking. The word beginning speaks into ranking. Isaiah has a beginning. This word, this ministry had the beginning. So when they say in the beginning, they're speaking to something, amen, that was before every other thing came into existence or came into reality yes before uh now i'm using this microphone to you know to to preach to teach this microphone had a beginning all right from metal maybe gotten from god knows where put together shaped together all right and then components wiring all of that okay yes and then the final product i'm using it all right and and it's doing its job but it had a beginning You are the beginning. Before your father and your mother came together to marry themselves and give birth to you, amen. They had, you know, they, you know, they had the beginning of their own parents, and their parents at the beginning, amen. Yes, of their grandparents, you know, great grandparents, all of that, all of that, and that's why we have something called the genealogy. <laughs> if you read the book of Matthew. Matthew speaks about the genealogy of Jesus. And it's from there that we also, you know, uh, seek to uh, uh, trace the concept of, you know, restoring the tabernacle of David. Because David is connected to Jesus. Or Jesus is connected to David, you can see. It's a good way of learning. In the beginning. Before time began. Before anything was. In fact, some translation says the word was already in the beginning and the word was with God. I like I like that. <laughs> because there is no beginning amen, outside of God's word. The word was in the beginning. The word was before the beginning. I like that. So the word was in the beginning and the word was also with God just like wisdom. If you read, you know, our Proverbs chapter 8, wisdom said I was with him in the beginning when he began to shape and form the world. I wisdom was present. Yet wisdom, amen, is Christ. Jesus has become unto us wisdom. Jesus is our wisdom. But Proverbs said I wisdom was with him in the beginning. 
What's the point? Why am I why am I stressing this point? That everything we are and we we will represent or become in life must have a beginning that is established in God. That's my point. Your marriage must have a beginning in God. Your children must have a beginning in God. Your business must have a beginning in God. Amen. Your career must have a beginning in God. Yes. Whatever you want to do must have a beginning in God. If it does not begin with God, it cannot end with God. You see why we need to even do some repenting because there's so many things that we began by our own idea, by trend. And most times those things just die natural death, you know, because the challenges of time, the, the, the situation, circumstance, so many things that will cause those things to be shaken. And it's on this factor that we began. I'm not sure if, if, if I actually spoke about that or if I, you know, uh, took time. I think I did. No, I'm not sure if I did. It, uh, it's a scripture that we've been looking at in uh, Hebrews chapter 12. All right. Once more, God says, I will shake the heavens and the earth. All right. Yes. That's one of the key scriptures that, in fact, this, this series of teaching is built on because we have to understand why, why we're doing what we're doing because we're in a day where God is shaking the foundations, the ideologies, the belief system, amen, the, the, the concept of how people do things, how God is shaking all of that. So anything that is not built on Christ, that is not built on the truth, that is not built on the values of the kingdom of God will collapse. Just as we saw, many things collapsed, ended, amen, during the COVID. There were, there were you know, ministries and business that were thriving before COVID. After COVID, shut down. I mean, <laughs> I used to go to a place called Pal. That's where normally I will go, you know, if I need to buy something or do something. It's, it's, it's not too far from where I live, but it's the next, you know, town that is a bit different from Franjuk. Franjuk seems to be designed for certain people. But, you know, during COVID or after COVID, when you go to Pa, most of the buildings, places that used to thrive with business, you just see shut down to let to let to let to let places that I know people that I know lost their business who could no longer continue some of them maybe they began with God but they did not continue to track the heart of God the mind of God you see it's for this same reason that we are doing this teaching you see, because when you are a person of the word of God, the word of God has a way of allowing you to see into the future what is coming. What is coming in the future. So, many lost their business. So many things. Of course, you know, many people died. I'm just saying that these things happen. And that will not be the last we're going to see. So many things are going to be happening in this last day that will make you look as if you don't know what you're doing. There were people who were very good in business, who were very good in what they do. Today, they don't know what to do again. Why? Because after COVID, everything, life has changed. 
the order of existence, concept of thinking, pattern of engaging, doing business, everything has changed. Three, four months ago, we were bombarded with the world of AI. I mean, can you see how rapidly our world is changing? And you cannot keep up with this change by your own human idea. There has to be a source. There has to be a life. There has to be a place, a position where amen, your inspiration is coming from and not just from social media or from what you type on Google or what you type on Bing. There has to be. If, it, if that is not there, you're captured. One of the things I keep saying to myself is be careful not to rely on AI. Because AI... It's not always correct. Be careful. Yes, we're going to use these tools, but you don't depend on it. Th that is the introduction that, amen, in the days of the manifestation of the man of sin, men will not be able to buy and sell because, amen, the values of their economy has been captured, amen, to the point that they are, they are totally dependent on artificial intelligence which may be used and may be manipulated and i know that may be the agenda of those amen who have put this thing out there to see how they can capture us how they can control and regulate us do not amen depend on ai use ai to affirm what you already know use ai yes to gain ideas to gain concept don't just put words there and let ai speak to you and then you take it Oh, you know, whole heart, whole heart and sinking. No, no, no. You, you've got to be able to filter the things that you see. I mean, there are things I put, you know, I've asked AI to, you know, to, to, to search out for me. And it totally gave me the wrong answer. If I was not aligned or right, with knowledge and truth, I would have accepted that and posted out there. And people are, what's going on here? You, you're crazy. Why? <laughs> you understand? Yes. Be careful. My point is, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. If you don't have the knowledge of God and you're not interacting, amen, with truth, how do you understand the concept of beginning? Genesis, amen, is a present day reality. Your, your life and my, amen, must be rooted in the spirit of Genesis. Not just in the writings of Genesis, but in the spirit. There is a beginning, hallelujah, that forms and shapes, amen, the reality of all things. You see, that's why we call this, amen, guided by his word. This is word, ex you know, exposition. This is something that I really want you to understand. You see, when you are a person of the word of God, the word of God will give you direction. We just read it. Your word is a light. It's a lamp unto my feet. A light unto my path. Your path to traveling. Your path to making that decision. Your path to, you know, uh, uh, starting a business. Uh, you know, it's in the word that all of this. You see, the word is a tool. We just read it. The word is a tool. The word is profitable. God's word is profitable to direct you. In the word you find wisdom. In the word you find understanding. You find, amen, knowledge. 
There's a knowledge of this world. There's a wisdom that is of this world. Amen. There's a wisdom that comes from above. It means it's come from a superior point. And you and I, who are supposed to be, amen, amen, a city set on a hill, the mountain of the lost house, should not be coming down, amen, to the wisdom of this world to gain inspiration. Come on. You may start and it may be a bit challenging. Keep at it. Keep at it. Don't, don't, don't give up. Keep going back to the word. Open your heart. Open yourself. Lord, your word. I need it. I need your word to speak to me. Because the word is a life. Remember, we read it. God's word is God's breath. So the word can interact with you. You can interact with the word. Don't, don't, don't interact with God's word as if it's just a textbook. If it's a textbook, what you're going to get is, an, is a textbook answer. <laughs> in the beginning, amen, was the word. Or God in the beginning. Or the word in the beginning was the word, amen. And the word was with God. What are they saying? The word was with God. Because God's word is the tool. The word has to be with God so that God, amen, can use the word to create. God spoke forth. God's word has to be spoken, but it's not enough just to speak. It must come from a point, from a place, from a well. Hallelujah. Yes, that is refined. And the word was with God and the word was God because they are all three in one. The beginning, which, amen, the word was, the word that was with God and the word that is God is the same thing. Now, if you don't get it clear, they now use, amen, a word that you can be familiar with, an adjective. He was with God in the beginning. In case you think that word, amen, is something, is some metal, is some idea, is some, you know, uh, 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 gas. You understand? No, sorry, it's not. The word is a being and the word is God. Hallelujah. So you understand that when you are reading the Bible, amen, you are reading God's mind, God's word. The Bible, amen, it's God's heart, it's God's mind, it's God's objective, it's God's desire. It's the way God looks at life and the way he wants you and I to look at, the, look at life. You understand? When you read the Bible, you are reading, amen, what God wants, what God likes, and what God, amen, frowns at. In the, in the Bible, there are judgment. In the Bible, there are condemnation. And in the Bible, there are commendations. Come on, speak to me. There are commendations. There are approvals. But yet, there are refusals. So the point is, the word of God is not just there, you know, to give you good candy. Every time you just get something, I know sometimes the word of God rebukes you. The word of God corrects you. Amen. And sometimes the word of God judges you. And if you refuse to, re to receive and adjust to the judgment of God, God's word will condemn you. So when you read the Bible and you see God condemning people, nations, don't go ahead and say, no, no, no. What kind of a God is this that's just kill people and condemn people? You're, quoting, you're reading scripture out of context. You've got to understand, amen. Life is designed by standard. Life is designed, amen, by order. If you break the rule of life, the world we live in today, amen, is a world that is captured by what? By a law. God sets law in motion. God's word is law in motion. You're not just reading an idea. It's not just some opinion. 
when you engage God's word, you're engaging an order, a rule, a statue. Every nation has got a statue. And when you read their constitution, they tell you what they like and what they frown out, what they refuse. And if you break amen, the rules of that nation, you'll go to jail. <laughs> I mean, if humans can understand that in the idea of what they call gover gov government, governance, and poli you know, politics, how come it's difficult to understand that God sets rule in motion? When, when you read the word of God, that's why it's important. That you know what, amen, God has written down, what God has spoken. You see, when you know that, your problem is solved. Because you know what he wants. Oh my, amen, you know the will of God. Oh well, I, I don't know. The, where he says, that if, you, if you claim you don't know my will, you don't know my mind, read nature. <laughs> Powers, I give in, amen, to the Romans. He said, you don't have excuse. Even the nature you're worshipping tells you about the order, about the rules of God. Come on. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word, all of those orders speaks to us about certain values and character. We must understand in God. In the beginning was the word. Nothing else was before, amen, the word of God. So if you're going to have a beginning in anything, you've got to have the word, amen. And the word was with God. The word must always be with you because you're going to need that word, amen, to guide you, to lead you, to teach you, to instruct you, amen. Yes, to make actions, to make decisions, amen. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Beyond just the word being there, you've got to know, amen, that this word, that you've accepted is God speaking to you. And it was in the beginning. Hallelujah. Isn't that interesting? Come on, Isaiah, you've got to quickly finish this. Let's quickly go to this point that I, I, I have been wanting to make since yesterday. We're just going to uh, 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 run through this and then we should be done for today because I see it's already one hour. All right. All right. So we're going to be dealing with Seven points. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to be dealing with, you know, seven points that establish or establishes the authenticity of the Bible. Remember, the Bible, amen, is a, is a, is a collation is a combination, is a putting together, amen, of the written word of God. John tells us that if the entire things that Jesus did in his day were written down, he said all the books of this world will not be able to contain it. Have you read that in the book of John? Yes. If everything that Jesus did were to be put together. He said all the books. All the books of this world. Will not be able to contain it. So basically the Bible is a summary. Of a summary of a summary of a summary. Of a summary of a summary. Of a summary of the summary. <laughs> of the activities of God. So, so when you read the Bible. It takes you deeper. That's the point. It takes you deeper. But going deeper requires that your spirit, amen, 
is regenerated, is transformed, is renewed continually. Because you can say, well, I want to go deeper. And you are touching all kinds of, you know, false, you know, dark dimensions that you're going to say, well, after all, I got this from the Bible. There are many denominations, churches, many cults that have begun using God's word, using what they read in the Bible to establish something crazy for themselves. And you see, I'm very, 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 very alert. All kinds of cults. In fact, I, I, I can tell you categorically that 75%, if not 80% of what today is called churches, all right, the men have built are cult centers. You know why? Simple. Because those things that they built, amen, are built on a strand of truth, but not on the entire counsel of God's word. And I dare to say that even some people today who claim to be part of what they call the kingdom, the kingdom movement, the kingdom of God movement, all right, some of them are building cults, all right? I, I dare to say that because, listen to this, there are so many people during the charismatic who build cults out of what they pick from the word of God, particularly if that word works for them. Amen. The fact that the idea of God, amen, prospering us, using scripture, amen, to prosper us, all right, works, does not mean that we are, we, we are called to build a doctrine. The fact that, amen, healing works, all right, does not mean that we have to build an entire order, amen, of, of you know, of, of, of a healing ministry around some strand of truth. The word does prosper us. The word wants us to be healed. The word wants us to be blessed. The word also wants us, amen, yes, to, to succeed in life in every area. But that is not the essence of the word. When you miss that, you will fall into error. You will fall into apostasy. You will fall into, I mean, people have used valid truth, valid truth to build invalid institutions. Ah. When you come before the ministry of the word, you have to be careful. Your agendas has to be very, very, very amen, uh, 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 precise and aligned to God's word. And I'm saying this because I've seen certain moves come and go. I've seen, you know, churches begin and close. I've seen people who, who used to be on fire for God. And today you wonder what happened to them. Because they run with one truth. They run with one aspect that suits their narrative. That suits, amen, their philosophy. They didn't eat the entire scroll. They said to, you know, Ezekiel, eat the entire, eat the scroll. Don't eat part of the scroll and run. You have to feed on everything on the table. Somebody listening. Say, I can continue and continue, but I really want us to, even if we can just start with this, then we'll continue the next time. So maybe let's look at this seven point that established the authenticity of the Bible. First, the Bible is a collection of, of writings that spans over uh, over a thousand years over uh, over a, a thousand years of human history from different culture languages amen genius and um, perspective very important okay it is not a single book written by one author but a diverse and a complex library 
that reflects, amen, the richness and diversity of God's revelation through human. First of all, let me tell you how I came up with this, uh, uh, this, this point. I put this point down and I put it to being, you know, a uh, 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 church box, all right, to refine it. And I did my correction. So th- this is one of the advantages of using AI, all right? So it makes my work easy for me. So what you are reading is part AI and is of, of course, it's part my own information. When, when I put the, the, everything together, you know, I did my, uh, uh, um, my editing and I came up with the seven point. So this is one good advantage in using AI. Of course you can do that. All right. So the Bible is a, is, is, is a collection of writings that spans over or up a thousand years of human history. I've, I've shared that a bit earlier. All right. The Bible is not just a book that fell from heaven. It deals with life. It deals with men. The word became flesh and dwell among mortal men. The priest was picked, amen, from among men. They didn't send the priest from heaven. <laughs> That's why when even angels, amen, comes to assist, amen, humans on earth, they need to be given permission. Because the earth has been given to the sons of men. That's an order. In other words, if you don't avail yourself, if you don't present yourself, amen, there's nothing God can do. Because God has placed man on earth, amen, as, as, the, as the, if you will, as the, gui- as the guiding angel. God placed man on earth. Adam was placed on earth, amen, to, to, you know, to, to, to administrate the garden, Eden. That order has not changed. When man abdicated that order, guess what? Lucifer took control and he perverted the whole order. He, I mean, he, he, he cascaded the whole structure. No wonder when Jesus came back as the second man, the last Adam. That's a principle we're going to be talking about later on. Alright? You've got to understand the order of these two concepts. First man, the second man. The first Adam, the last Adam. Anything God wants to do on earth must be done through the deployment, amen, of of man. Because man, amen, was placed on earth to administrate, to govern the earth. So when we talk about dominion, we're talking about, amen, redeemed men, amen, who have been given the authority and power, you understand, to speak, to, you know, to, to, to regent on behalf of God. Hallelujah. I'm just basically telling you that while the Bible is inspired, but God used humans. Like I said, God can use anything. Some of the people God used to put the Bible together, their life was not the best. But guess what? God used them. And whatever God used, it perfects. That's some of the things we see in the, in the, in the, in the gift of prophecy. Somebody who knows nothing about the gift of prophecy, who knows nothing about God, uh, you understand, and just walk into a place, the atmosphere of that place was so charged up that this person was captured by the Spirit and suddenly started prophesying. That happened to King Saul. They say, our son also become one of the sons of the prophet. <laughs> Have you read that in the Bible? Meaning that when the Spirit of God, amen, chooses in his wisdom and sovereignty to use you to speak, God can do that. The Spirit of God can come upon the president of a nation and suddenly begin, the, the person begin to speak amen, by the Spirit. And everybody's wondering, looking at like, what's going on here? Yes. God is no respecter of man. Amen. 
So, so for us to want to, you know, challenge the quality on the or the authenticity of the word of God based on the people who 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 who, who pen them down is an error. After all, God used a donkey to speak, but we never saw in the scripture where a donkey penned down amen, uh, uh, information about God. But God used a donkey to speak to rebuke the prophet Balaam. Amen. The Bible is a, is a collection of writings that span over a thousand years of human history. And in this history, you will see terrible things. In this history, you will see wonderful things. In this history, you will see, amen, how kings rose up to protect, to defend, yes, their territory. You will read about how kings who did not understand what leadership is destroy, destroy amen, their kingdom. So many things you will you in this history you will read about issues of amen slavery. Somebody says, if God is is really God, why did He allow slavery? God did not initiate slavery, but He allowed it for a, for a reason until the time where certain people who have the capacity, the competence, and the grace to address it began to address it. Come on, because those are things that people will talk about today. If God is, why, why did he allow this? Why did he allow that? Why did he, no, no, no. You're thinking from a, deco, a, a democratic mindset. Maybe that's the last thing I should, you know, uh, uh, you know, highlight before I finish. All right. You cannot use amen, a democratic human system to try to understand, amen, the wisdom, the knowledge, the authority, or even the, govern, the, the governing systems of God. The governing system of God is not democracy. Democracy is the closest thing to sanity. Democracy is not the, is not the best and it's not the perfect system of governance. Because today, people are using democ democracy amen, to enslave, to impoverish, as we can see today, all around us. As long as they can gain power, and tell you where it, they, they, they were elected democrat, democ democratically. They can, they can use their power all right, to subjugate, to destroy the country. That nobody can say anything until the next election again. And if they have the power and the influence to manipulate, you understand? Yes, the election and, and the ballot paper, they will still be elected the second time again. And we say it's democracy. This is just my own, you know, issue that I have against what they call democracy. Is America today practicing democracy? That they allow, alright, to bomb and destroy other countries? And nobody amen, can hold them to account. And yet they will be the one tomorrow pointing finger to other country and say sorry, no, no, what you're doing there is God knows what. It's not right. But they themselves, I mean that is the height of hypocrisy. If if everybody is practicing democracy, then let it be established on the core concept and structures of democracy. Is South Africa practicing democracy? Absolutely not. At least from what we have read and understand of what democracy ought to be. If this is democracy, then we are all doomed. Is Nigerian preaching democracy? No. Is what they're doing democratic? We know that the, this so-called president that was just elected, amen, got there by trickery, got there by all kinds of crook means, which God have already shown me years back. What are we talking about? Look at what is happening in Sudan. 
So if we're going to talk about, you know, governance, the concept of leadership, then we really must know what we're talking about. Less people point an accusing finger and say, uh, God is killing people. God killed people under the Old Testament. That cannot be, that cannot be a God that I want to serve. It, it means that you know nothing. You have no clue or understanding about the ways of God, about the concepts of God, about the values of God, about the character of God. All of this you've got to learn. Even you as a human being, if you're married, you have a home, there has to be certain laws that governs your house. You cannot have children and just allow them to their own ways without, you know, without, with, without discipline, without consequence. Come on. Everything is going to go haywire where there is no vision. God has defined to us the vision of the world that he wants. The kind of people that he wants to lead, to govern. Oh, I know some people won't like me for what I'm sharing, but this is it. Even in your own office, many of you watching me, you'll be getting ready to go to work. There's a time, amen, that you're allowed to get to work. If you're not working from home, even if you're working from home, amen, you must log in, amen, you must log in to the, into the, uh, the computer at certain time. If you don't and you continue and do your own thing, you're going to get some warning. And if you continue, guess what? You're going to be sacked. You're going to be fired. Life is governing order. If we can allow and accept the order of men, why can't we accept the order of God? Why do we have, you know, order almost in everything that we do? You want to travel, amen? There's order in entering the airplane. There are, there are strict regulations. There are screenings. Why can't we just allow everybody, you know, go? Why do we need to, why do we need passport to travel? <laughs> why do I have to declare certain things at the border before we enter the country why are certain people not allowed to enter certain country why do we have stoplights you know road you know uh, um, uh, robots All right? why do we have to wait when the light is is is, is red why do we go when it's green? To put sanity in place or else the world will be so chaotic. There will be accidents everywhere. Not everybody. The Bible says the law was established for those, amen, who do not have a sense of the spirit and who do not seek to obey. God puts law in place, amen, yes, to check us. To regulate us. But if you come to the point and place where your life is lived via the spirit. The Bible says you fulfill all laws. <laughs> I love this. I'm going to round up at this point. You see. So the, the word of God. Amen. Is, is, is not just a collation of goodies. It's also a collation of order. Structure. Things that we must understand histories that we must go back and read don't just say well i'm reading the bible let's forget about history let's forget about theology forget about doctrine no no no. i don't want all of that i just want hallelujah praise god no hyper spiritual hyper spirituality or spiritualism <laughs> will not do anybody good in this last day the word of god commands that your mind your your intelligence amen your intellectual capacity amen should be involved 
You must study. You must know. You must read history. You must understand why certain things happen at various times and why God, amen, wants these things, you understand, to be documented. Histories of nations. God did not just deal with Israel alone. Israel is not the only nation, amen, that is relevant in the scripture or that God used. God used Babylon too. God used Egypt, yes. God speaks to us about Ethiopia. So many countries that you, you, when you read the Bible, they are there. Even countries today that, you know, back in the day, the name they were calling them, you know, is different from the name we know them today. All right. So w- when you begin to make your study and find this, you begin to appreciate, you understand, the beauty of God's word. Yes, the harmony of God's word, the relevancy of God's word to our life today. Yes. So the Bible is a collection of writings that spans over a thousand years of human history from different cultures, languages, genius, and perspective. It is not a single book written by one author, but a diverse and a complex library that reflects the richness and diversity of God's revelation to humanity. I love that. Okay? We'll stop here today and uh, we will continue again. Remember, we're talking about seven points that establishes the authenticity of God's word. God's God's word speaks of itself. Amen. The scripture says, your word, your your word have I hidden in my heart. The law of the law, the law of the Lord is perfect. God's word, amen, we say is a law and it's perfect. Perfect means, amen, it has no flaw. It has no flaw. The world is not faulty. Men may try to falter it. Men men might have tried to put in their own, God knows what, different interpretations. And that's why we also need, amen, to do our findings and know how God is speaking to us so that when we stand by this word, we have the part of the spiritual aspect and we also have the part of the written aspect. And we allow this too, amen, to guide our life. We'll never make mistake. And if we make mistake, because the word of God is in our life, it's easy for us also to be corrected. That's another thing the, the, you know, the word of God does. It allows us to easily get corrected. When you find people that are very heady, they've set in their ways. No, I will never believe. I will not accept any other thing. Sorry, that's not the nature or character of God's word. The word allows us to be corrected. We, we are allowed to make mistake, at least mistake of the head, not of the heart. Amen? When there are mistakes, they can be corrected if you have the right attitude. So, friends, I am done this morning. All right. This is another beautiful time, I believe, that this session has also brought insight, direction, clarity into our lives in relating to the ministry of God's word. Your word, amen, is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, guided by the word. I pray this morning that God's word will guide your heart, that you will allow the word of God to minister to every part of your being, that your perspective, your understanding to life, amen, will be shaped by what is written and what is spoken. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed from the mouth of God. There is the proceeding word written down and there's a proceeding word coming into your mind. When these two come together, amen, they bring 
transformation. They bring power. They bring grace. They bring wisdom into your life. Amen? Yes. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We praise your name once again for the way you've spoken to us. May your word continue to touch our life. May your word continue to change us. May we continue to be reformed, transformed, empowered, oh God, emboldened by, yes, the nourishing of your word. Your word has become flesh to us. And may this word, oh God, lead us as we move, oh God, into our various world, oh God. May our life become, oh God, yes, an example of truth. May our life become an example of grace. May the providency of your word, oh God, Father, help us to build that which glorify your name. I thank you once again for what you are doing in the life of our listeners, our students, our followers, oh God, wherever they are, those that will be watching or listening to the audio broadcast of this teaching later on, I pray, Spirit of God, that their heart, oh God, yes, will be open to this truth, that the entrance of your word will allow them to be illuminated, to be changed, to be transformed, to be empowered, oh God, to be graced, but more so, enrich them with favor. Let them see the joy of investing their life and their time in your word and with your word. We bless you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. In Jesus' name we prayed. Amen and amen. Thank you so very much, everyone, this morning for joining us. Wherever you've joined us from, it's an honor once again to have shared this time with you. I want to believe that your life will never be the same again. May the goodness of God continue to, you know, grace you. And may you continue to grow up in the knowledge of Christ and in the revelation of his kingdom. God bless you, friends. We'll see you again, hopefully tomorrow, if the Lord permits us. Have yourself a wonderful and a fruitful day ahead. God bless you. Bye-bye.